This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me this week is Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. We are minus Brooks Hansen this week. He is out of town uh, for his wedding anniversary, which I believe was two weeks ago, but they just got out of town on Monday. So Brooks is not with us this week, just me and Kenny. We don't have a ton to talk about, but we do have some things that we want to cover in this week's episode. We're going to start with DeAndre Williams and what he brings to the table if he does get his waiver from the NCAA. Then we'll move on, recap Cincinnati, and finish it off by talking about this weekend's game against South Florida. But Kenny, like I just mentioned, we're going to start this episode off with DeAndre Williams. If you missed it on the boards, and if you are not a VIP member, you did miss this. Uh, But Brooks posted on the board on Friday, and I'm going to read this verbatim. After speaking with the source source with ties to the NCAA, I would not be shocked to see another wave of waiver decisions coming out over the next three to seven business days. The NCAA compliance and clearinghouse staffs have almost fully finished mandatory furloughs and have been directed to begin, quote-unquote, clearing the books as much as possible before the start of the season. With that, don't be shocked if Memphis gets the decision on DeAndre Williams' waiver in the next week or so. And then he mentioned that he'd be out of out of town this week. So that's that's what Brooks posted on Friday. So that's obviously where we at from that four or five days ago. So could be a decision on DeAndre Williams' waiver this week. And Kenny, if that does come to fruition and DeAndre does get cleared, what do you see him bringing to the floor for Memphis immediately this season? Well, I know the the joke about DeAndre has been his age. I think he automatically brings in some veteran experience. I mean, he's um, would without a doubt be the oldest player on the team um, just off the jump. But, um, you know, one of the things that that DeAndre would bring to the table, I think, is just that that stretch for kind of big man that could shoot outside, get to the basket. If you've seen highlight footage of him, he, he has some handles. He can get to the basket. He can make layups. He can – um, use his size um, to get into the lane, but he also has a nice little jumper. Um, you know, it's his form's not great, but it goes in. You know, I mean, what well, it doesn't matter how you get there if it goes in, that's all that matters. But um, you know, he's got a good shot. But um, you know, I think that it's interesting to me that that's the that's what's being put out there is that the NCAA bringing everybody off furlough um, due to the COVID nineteen crisis. Um, is basically telling everybody we're going to get these, we're going to clear the books just to get these decisions out the way before the season starts. Because I think if you've seen it with college football, there's been a lot of starting, a lot of stopping programs kind of, you know, going through their own, you know, quarantine situations, things like that. Um, and I think NCAA basketball, the the basketball side of the NCAA knows that 
that it's going to be a, a year that is unlike anything we've ever seen before. And so they're trying to clear the deck so that they can respond appropriately, respond accordingly, get everything cleared so they can, you know, make sure that they're, I guess, light on their feet when it comes to this season. So it's interesting to me that they're, um, I, you know, I'm excited to, to, to hear and see what they say. From the beginning, we've always talked about with, with DeAndre uh, Williams and Landers Nolly, um, their transfer requests. I think you were the one, Christian, you've always liked DeAndre's waiver request over Landers, right? Yeah, I think I think he has a really good case. I think Landers did as well, which uh, you know obviously panned out because he was deemed eligible. But when you look at what happened with DeAndre Williams and that coaching staff and everything that they've been caught up in since I believe January of this year, it makes sense for him to get his uh, immediate eligibility. And I think going back to what you were saying about the NCAA and what Brooks initially said about about clearing the books, I think it's necessary. I think it's almost mandatory at this point that they have to do that. Because as you mentioned, they don't know what's coming this season. They have a bit of a blue of a blueprint because they've seen what's happened in professional sports and what's happened uh, with college football. So they know that there's going to be obstacles to, uh, to overcome and things that they're going to have to step in on this season. So instead of having to worry about waiver requests and what to do when you know when teams uh, get run rampant with COVID or if they have to change scheduling or whatever's going on. They know that that needs to be their major focus this year. So I think it's necessary. And then going back to DeAndre a little bit, uh, you talked about his game and kind of what he brings to the floor. It's something we've talked about a lot since he announced his transfer to Memphis. But I think he's a player that they can use from the outside in, which is not typically what you hear from a big. Typically you try to work a big from the outside or from the inside to the outside. But I think they try to work him outside in. I think he's a guy that can play on the perimeter like you mentioned. I think he's a guy that can come off of pick and rolls, uh, can come down, pick and pop. He's very athletic for his size. And something that that I love about him that I've watched, you know, going back and watching highlights and watching some of his games at Evansville is he is an ultra competitive player, which that always fires me up. I always love seeing guys with a ton of emotion. I know there's some people that are more fans of the stoic, even killed player and or coach, but I, I love emotion. I love passion, uh, and I think that's something that he immediately brings to the floor. You mentioned leadership. I think that's perfect. That's something that this team has kind of yearned for over the past couple years. We know they have veteran presence now. It's not just DeAndre. They have multiple veterans on this team now. So I think he adds another piece of that veteran leadership. He adds a guy that's very dynamic, versatile, can play multiple spots on the floor, not necessarily multiple positions, but can play on the perimeter from the mid-range to down low, can block shots, has athleticism. So I think he brings a lot to this team. Um, I, I think he can impress a lot of people. I know it's it, it, there's always a question when you're coming from a different level up to a higher level, will they translate? I think he is a guy that does. I, I think, you know, like I mentioned, with his passion, with his energy, with his versatility, he's somebody that comes in immediately Makes an uh, makes a difference, makes an impact. Not 100% sure if he'll start, but it honestly doesn't matter. He'll get his minutes regardless, and I think he'll make an impact either way. Well, if you look at – so, uh, again, this is another reason why joining the Go Tigers 247 VIP family is 
is absolutely necessary to stay up to date on what's going on. Um, there's been some posts in the VIP board um, about some of the scrimmages that the Tigers are playing right now um, in their practices, and um, not going to give it all away, not going to tell everything that's on there about the scrimmages, but just in particular about DeAndre, um, from what we've been told, he has been far and away um, the, the most impressive big man um, on the court for the Tigers so far. Um, him and Landers have, have really shown what they're capable of in these scrimmages. And and from, from what we've been told, most of his scoring, most of his um, – most of his offensive ability has been coming from the outside. Um, he's uh, started a lot of fast breaks. He starts the offense up. You know, he's the, the grabs a rebound on the defensive side and takes off down the court, um, which we've seen that. Like you saw that last year with Precious, right? Like when with with Precious um, being able to play and have that athletic ability. Um, he started a lot of fast breaks last year for the Tigers. And if you remember specifically, I think, Christian, when you did the interview with Greg Brown Jr., Greg Brown the third's father, um, that's one of the things that he mentioned that excited him about potentially Greg coming to Memphis, even though he ended up not coming to Memphis. One of the things that he talked about was how excited he was to see that Penny allowed um, big men that were capable to be able to initiate fast breaks and initiate the offense. And and it seems like from what we've been told, DeAndre has been doing that so far early on this year, um, that that's kind of the role that he's taken on is that precious Achiwa type, you know, grab a defensive rebound and go um, type of type of player. And so having that having that role fulfilled if DeAndre gets the waiver request um, approved, it's going to be huge for the Tigers. Like you said, we don't know if he's going to start. We don't know how many minutes he's going to get. We do expect that he's probably going to get a lot if he does, if he is on the roster. But um, from what we've been told, man, he's, he's been really impressive so far early on this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you made a good point that Penny Hardaway is going to, is going to allow his playmakers to bring the ball up the floor. There's no there's no stigma really surrounding the program that if you're a big man and you catch a rebound, you immediately dish it to a guard and they have to bring it up the floor. Uh, but that's something that we'll, we'll obviously touch on later with the season coming up in in pretty short amount of time. Uh, I'm sure in the next couple of weeks we'll do some more breakdowns of what we expect from this team, starting lineup, stuff like that. So we're not going to get too deep into that. Um, and there's not much basketball going on right now with them just practicing right now. Um, not too many schedule announcements, announcements or anything like that up to this point. So we are going to schedule to come out. Yeah. Everybody's waiting on the schedule to come out. Oh. No one knows what it's going to look like. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors and then we will be back on the other side with football.
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, welcome back, everybody. And as I mentioned before the break, we're going to get into football now, even though some people may not want to hear about it because of what happened over the weekend. Memphis was absolutely demolished by Cincinnati. It was an ugly game, something that Memphis fans have not seen in quite some time now, about two years. The last time I can remember a game like that for Memphis was October 20th, 2018 against Missouri, where it just felt like there was no hope uh, from early in the game till the end of the game that it was just a wash. So it was a tough Saturday for Memphis fans. And Kenny, from watching the game, uh, what what were your thoughts on this this terrible outcome for Memphis? You know, it was it was frustrating to watch. Um, there was, I, I think at times, and I'm sorry if I'm struggling to kind of figure out my words here, um, but you know, there's always going to be games like this, right? There's always going to be games where it's just clear that the team that you are facing is a better team. I really do hope that that there is some solace in that, that Cincinnati has a special defense, and they are especially hard to run on, and they're especially hard to score on. And so, yes, it was a very frustrating game to watch. Some of the numbers – from this game are really shocking to see, you know, the, what is it? Five yards rushing for the entire game. That's a stunning, stunning stat. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was especially frustrating. I think, I um, I think I lost a few years off my life in that second half, but yeah, it was just a, it was a frustrating game. Yeah, it was tough. They couldn't get anything going offensively. The defense played decently well in the first quarter, early in the first quarter, made a couple stops, and then it was kind of back to the same old script of the secondary struggling, couldn't get off the field, uh, some penalties here and there. So it was it was a very tough game, and I think, like you said, Kenny, it just shows that last year Memphis was the best team in the conference. Hands down, no doubt, they were the best team in the conference, and this year they're just simply not. Uh, Cincinnati's the best team in the conference. They're getting playoff hype right now. I've seen multiple articles since Saturday's game saying that they could be a playoff team. They're that they're that good. 
I don't think they can be a playoff team simply because of Desmond Ritter. I know he looked very good against Memphis, but I don't think he's that great. I think he's an average quarterback at best. Memphis made him look incredible like they have with quarterbacks all season, and that's that's just the truth of the matter this year. The secondary is not playing well, especially without T.J. Carter. They weren't playing well with T.J. Carter, much less without him. And, uh, and that's kind of been the story of the season up to this point. Tough pill to swallow for Memphis fans, especially after 12-1 record last year. Uh, and I don't think Ryan Silverfield or this team want to make excuses, but when you look at what they lost, it somewhat makes sense. Uh, and then when you look at switching systems defensively, it also makes sense. These guys still are trying to adapt and learn a new system. You can tell that they're thinking more than playing. This is something that you, uh, you, I think it was either you or Brooks, I think it was actually Brooks, sent in our group text during the game. It was like, it's not it's not necessarily the coaching, it's the personnel. Right. It's not knowing what to do, and that's exactly right. I mean, I think they are still thinking about what they're doing, and that's that's when it gets dangerous on the defensive side of the ball, when you can't just read and react, and they're not just reading and reacting, they're thinking, especially against Cincinnati when they sat in zone coverage for the majority of the game. Uh, you got guys like Jaleel Clemens playing zone coverage that had their hand down rushing the passer last year. A guy like Rodney Owens is playing a ton of zone coverage, and he he didn't. I don't remember him playing at all on defense last year. I think he played special teams, but I don't think he played defense. So I think it's more personnel than anything. Uh, it's just something that takes time. I, I don't want to sit here and and bash running a three four. I'm not a fan of the three four defense. I'm a four three guy. I think it works better. I think it's more effective. Uh, I kind of feel for these players because they they went from a three four under Chris Ball, especially the guy the guys that have been here, you know, three or four years. Uh, came from a 3-4 under Chris Ball, moved to a 4-3 under Adam Fuller, and then now back in a 3-4. Uh, and I know there's no, you know, nowadays you hear we're multiple defense, we're on multiple defenses. Man, that's true in college and professional football. There's really no standard, okay, we just play this defense. There's obviously base packages, but you run different, different packages. But schematically and philosophy-wise, it's a completely different defense. Um... We know last year that Adam Fuller's defense wanted to blitz. They wanted to stop the run. Um, and this year, I don't know exactly what Mike McIntyre wants to do because the secondary has been so bad. But they've had to sit back in a lot of coverages. They haven't brought a ton of blitzes. It's been more sitting back in zone, trying to make teams dink and dunk and move down the field and, and hopefully make a mistake rather than turn up the pressure and try to force turnovers. You're trying to hope for turnovers. So... I understand it's been rough defensively, and fortunately the offense has bailed them out in the majority of games this season, but that was not the case against Cincinnati because they do have a top-level defense, one of the best defenses in the country. They have NFL players all over that defense. And that's that's probably what we're going to see happen to Memphis if they match up against really good defenses and they can't move the ball because their defense is not going to be able to stop teams for an entire game. So... I think it's just a realization that Memphis fans have to come to this year. I'm not saying the season's over at all. I still think Memphis is probably a top three team in the conference. I mean, I, I think Cincinnati is by far and away the best, and then it's what a jumble of SMU, UCF, and Memphis, and Memphis beat UCF. And I mean, I think you can make a pretty strong argument if they don't have to stop practicing for 28 days they beat SMU in that game that's a game they lost by three absolutely it's a game they lost by three points um 
when they didn't get to practice or play any games in between and, that and the Arkansas State game. And SMU was coming in 3-0, and was the first team in the co- in college football to 4-0 and that week against the Tigers. Tigers, like you said, hadn't played for hadn't played or practiced for 28 days, and they came in and lost by three. So I think that there's – you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think it. I think Cincinnati is far and away the best team in the in the conference. And then there's a jumble at, at the two spot and they beat UCF. And I think I think if we played SMU again, I think we'd beat. I think the Tigers would beat them. So, yeah, I agree. I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago at the uh, at the UCF game about that, and I said I think I think they got SMU. I think if it comes down to Memphis and SMU, which I I don't I don't know if it will or what's what's exactly going to happen. Don't don't think that's the case. Think Cincinnati's coming out, um, but I, I definitely think they can beat SMU again. I think Memphis's biggest threat in the West is Houston, which is a team that they've really had their number over the past couple of years, and we'll obviously have to wait a while for that game. It would have been an early season game. I think it was the second week of the season when that game was supposed to take place. Now it's the last game of the year, so. That that could decide who comes out of the West, and uh, I know many Memphis fans are probably like, "Well, it doesn't matter if we come out of the West; we're not winning another conference championship." But to win the West again, I think that would be the fourth consecutive season that they won the West division. It, it's not perfect; it's not it's not what you want. You want to win a conference championship every year and put yourself in the best position. But some years that's just not the reality, and I don't think that's the reality this year. I think if they did go to the conference championship, they would have to travel to Cincinnati and play them again. Even if there's not fans there, that's that traveling for this team has been difficult. We know they're a much better team at home than they are on the road. So this this is very sim. This is a very similar year to two seasons ago when I believe Memphis went eight and four, played UCF on the road in the conference championship, were up early in that game and lost. I think this is a very very similar season because when you look at the schedule ahead. I think they'll be favored in every game, minus possibly Houston. I think Houston could be favored, but I think Memphis will be favored in every game for the rest of the season. Uh, That Navy game will probably be a decently close line, but Memphis could be favored in the rest of the games here on out. So an 8-4, 9-3 finish, I don't think is going to surprise anybody. And it's just, like I said, it's the reality of where this season is, where this year is. Could something magical happen and they turn around and they go win a conference championship? Absolutely. I, you never count out anything in sports because you never you never know what's going to happen. That's why they play the game. Uh, but I think this sim- this season will be very similar to the 2018 year when Memphis did win the West Division. They really turned it up at the end of the year. They steamrolled Houston uh, to kind of secure that spot and win in the West Division and had a very good chance to beat UCF and win the conference championship, and they blew it in the second half. So, If the Tigers are able to get out of the West and go play in the conference tournament um, or conference championship, I honestly, as I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it, Christian, there's a, there's a part of me that would be more impressed by that than them winning the conference championship last year. Because while in terms of historic – you know, implications. Winning a conference championship is an amazing accomplishment. Nobody will ever be able to take that away from them. It's the pinnacle of of what the Tigers can do in the American Athletic Conference. But this year would if they could get to that game and play it, like that would be an incredible accomplishment for Ryan Silverfield in his first year. Losing the amount of players that they've lost in terms of skill positions due to the due to opting out or other reasons, 
um, it would be an incredible, incredible um, feather in the cap for Ryan Silverfield in his first year at the University of Memphis. Um, what a what an accomplishment that would be. Now, again, like you've said, things have to play out the way that they're going to play out. Um, but if you look at the schedule, there is a strong possibility outside of the the Houston game that they're going to be favored in every single game moving forward in the conference. And, and so there is, there is a possibility that that could happen. And I think that that would be an incredible accomplishment. Yeah. And the only, I mean, the only thing you can do at this point, you're three and two, you, you know, you've already lost more games than you did last year in the regular season. All you can do is give yourself an opportunity to, to get to the dance, to get to the conference championship You've got South Florida this week at home. Uh, Memphis is a 17.5 point favorite. That should be a pretty easy win. Then you look forward to next week, Navy on the road. Never going to be an easy game for Memphis. It always seems to be a tightly contested game. Um, But Memphis' strength is their run defense. Their run defense is much better than their passing defense, and we know what Navy wants to do. I know it's a little bit different for them this year. They've changed some things philosophy-wise. So we'll see how that plays out. That's probably going to be a close spread game. You get SF Austin at home. Everybody knows what's going to happen there. Um, then you travel to Tulane. Tulane's been decently competitive this year. Still think Memphis is the better team there. And then you get Houston at home in the last game of the year. And I and I truly think that game is going to decide who goes and plays Cincinnati in the conference championship game. So all you can do is give yourself a chance at this point. You've lost two games. You're probably not going to be a top 25 team until the end of the year if you do win out. Uh, top 25 doesn't look great right now unless you unless you win out. So all you can do is give yourself an opportunity to get into that game. That obviously starts this weekend against South Florida. As I mentioned, Memphis is a, a, a nearly a three-touchdown favorite in that game. Uh, USF is 1-5 this year or 1-4 this year. They only have one win, so uh, it's not really an opponent to be worried about. Memphis is probably going to be pretty pissed off after getting steamrolled last week, something that hasn't happened to these players in a while. Uh, It's been a long time since they haven't looked competitive. So I think you got to use that Cincinnati game to kind of propel the rest of your season. And then at the end of the year, you can look up and say, well, look, you know, we came from a 39-point loss to here we are giving ourselves an opportunity to play in the conference championship game. That's where this season could go. That's where it should go, looking at the schedule and looking, you know, just looking at, talent based on these teams that's where Memphis Memphis's season could end up so uh, I know it's not it's not it's not last year it's not 11 and one best team in the conference see it, it doesn't look like that season again that's not going to happen every year especially this season new head coach losing your two best offensive players outside of uh outside of Brady White so it's a tough season um it's gonna. It's probably gonna be another one of those cardiac seasons for Memphis fans, where a lot of games come down to the wire. Uh, like I said, that Tulane game could be close. The Navy game could be close. That Houston game could be close. So you really only have those two gimme games in South Florida and, and SF Austin left. So uh, it could be a. It could be a pretty uh, heart attack like season for Memphis fans. But just enjoy it. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, we didn't know if we were gonna have football this year in the first place. We do. Yes. Fans are allowed to go to games, at least a certain amount are. Uh, so you just got to take it for what it's worth um, and and take it one game at a time. Sitting at seventh in the conference right now, 
uh, which is tough. But like I said, you've got you've got teams that you can beat within the next couple of weeks to make up for that, and we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, I agree, man. I I think that, and I think in this season, it's just one of those one of those deals where you just say, "Listen, man, like you said, we're going to put ourselves in the position to where we're going to have the opportunity to be there in the end." Um, and at the same time, taking a 30,000 foot view of it and just saying, man, I'm just glad football is going on. We didn't know if we were going to have it or not. It's here. The Tigers are, are, are still competitive. Um, there's still a chance. There's still a path to, um, the ultimate goal, which is the conference championship. It's still there. Um, and man, let's just enjoy it. Let's just enjoy it. And, and also enjoy, seeing the development of, of a couple of guys that are going to be on the team for the next couple of years, specifically Calvin Austin um, and Taj Washington and Rodriguez Clark. Those guys are – Rodriguez had a horrible game against Cincinnati, but Taj and Calvin showed out again. They played well and, and had a good game. And so, um, you know, as we look forward to – the end of the season, moving into next season, um, there's a lot to be hopeful about. There's a lot to be excited about for the future. Yeah, absolutely. But with that being said, Kenny, I don't think we have anything else to touch on today before we get out of here. Just want to remind you to head over to the site at GoTigers247.com. Check out all the, all the coverage we have there, whether it's football, basketball. We'll obviously have game coverage this weekend. Uh, we do game threads every weekend. We would love for you guys to come be a part of that, get in on the fun. Uh, when Memphis isn't winning, they're they're typically pretty funny if your feelings don't get hurt. And when they're winning, it's kind of a party for everybody. So come get in on that fun this weekend. Prior to that, check out everything we got going on over at the site. But with that being said, Kenny, you got anything else? I'm good. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis Athletic Program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.